0: Oh, God, bless this day. We praise you and thank you and glorify you. This is a phenomenal time just to come together again and and just see the wonderful saints that are in this home called Christ Center. We just bless you, bless this place, bless everyone listening today that they're going to leave with nuggets of truth that are going to be able to bless their lives, not not in this day, not in this week, but for the rest of their lives. And we will praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Psalms um, 83, 1 through 4. I want you to, I want to preface this today by saying that this is not in any way political. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care whether you're independent, Democrat, or Republican. I don't care. That's not, that has nothing to do with that. I'm going to present to you today... What's going to bless you, no matter where you stand? I'm going to give you nuggets today that God has spoken into my heart and has now for several months about what causes us to be blessed. So let's get on with it, okay? Can we, can we make that clear? So everybody just relax now. In fact, if you've got a Democrat hat on, why don't you just take it off and slide it under your chair? If you've got a Republican hat off, just slide it under there and Independence, you don't know what to do, so just leave yours on, okay? (laughs) Now you take yours off, too, and slide it under there. (laughs) Oh, God, do not keep silent. Be not quiet. Oh, God, be not still. See how your enemies are astir, how your foes rear their heads. With cunning, they conspire against your people. They plot against those who cherish. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. That's been going on for all of these many thousands of years. God's people, God's nation. Can we just stop for a second and say why did God choose Israel? Why didn't he choose Iran, Iraq, Egypt? Or why did he even go to the Arab nations? Why not France? Why not England? Why not Belgium? Why not one of the African countries? Nobody knows that but God. But he chose Israel. And if Israel is his nation, if Israel is his resting place, If Israel is where he put his children, the Israelites, then so be it. Now, you've been hearing for some time about Iran who has come out and said, We are going to annihilate Israel. We're going to destroy Israel. You've been hearing about the Golden Heights for years and years and years. Why would the Egyptians, why would the Syrians, why would they want, why would the Palestinians want the Golden Heights? The Golden Heights, the best way I can describe it, would be like the Coast Range or the Coburg Hills, and probably the Coburg Hills would be a a better example. But let's say if if you really want to catch it, Mary's Peak, is, the Coburg Hills would be as high as maybe Mary's Peak, but not maybe not quite that high, but it extends from Springfield all the way to Brownsville. That's the whole Coburg Hill range. You got me? When you're up on the Coburg Hills, you look down into the valley, and it's real easy to be positioned on the Golden Heights because Israel is down there. Why would they want the Golden Heights? to be militarily uh, ahead of the game with a great advantage to destroy the Israelites. God's known this for all the years that he chose Israel. And so in 1967, they thought, this is the time. The Arabs thought, this is the time. We got them. They're not ready for war. We are, they're not. So Egypt and Israel, Egypt and Syria then, along with some of the other Arab nations, they attacked Israel, and they attacked them for one reason: They wanted the Golden Heights. As they were attacking, all of a sudden, Israel got together as quick as they can, but it, it's not going to happen. Well, I remember the evening news. Israel's being attacked. This will change history. Israel will cease to exist. Walter Cronkite. some of you can remember him, CBS News. Israel will cease to exist. There's no way they can defeat the Arab nations that have gained to get, come together. Arab nations have joined together now for years and years, and they've been preparing for this. War has started. This won't take long. It didn't take long. It took six days, and Israel defeated the army that shouldn't have been defeated. Why why is that? Because you can't defeat God. They weren't defeating Israel. They were fighting against God. They haven't figured this out. They are still trying to figure it out. My brother and his wife, Judy, they were just in Israel. Jim came back and he says, John, (laughs) it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He said, our, our guide was telling us things that he said, now, you're, the Western News never reported this. The Western News, he says, I'll tell you right now, never will report it. Doesn't make any difference who's in office. The news will never report this. He says, but in 1973, he said, I was a young reporter. And again, The Arab nations were building gathering tanks and Egypt and Syria were planning to attack secretly, by surprise, Israel. And so on October the 6th, 1973, they stormed the Golden Heights. Israel was told by a general that they had that we need to be preparing for war because they will keep coming after us and coming after us and coming after us until they either take over or give up. You know, Israel, there's a lesson here for us because when God brings victory to us, oftentimes we lay back in our easy chairs and rest on our laurels and say, Well, praise God, we we got through that. Hallelujah. We won that battle. Listen, the battle never stops. As long as God is on the throne, the battle never stops. So they attacked. And again, just like the Six-Day War, they weren't ready. They were going to be defeated. And this guide said, as a news reporter I thought, well, this is now historically the end of Israel. They were out number two to one with tanks. They had more men on the ground than Israel. And as they're charging, the battle started raging. October the 6th, the battle started. October the 25th, 1973, it ended abruptly. And you never heard about it. You heard about the Six Day War. You didn't hear about what happened October the 6th, 1973. He said, We took the general from Syria and we took a general from Egypt and we asked them, Why did you stop? You had it won what happened you you had them completely destroyed what happened and the generals both said who were in two different divisions they said our tanks were coming up to make the last run and destroy and keep and and take over the Golden Heights all of a sudden he says as they were coming up approximately a half a mile from the Golden Heights, a cloud formed with a perfect hand that went like this. And he says, our tanks hit this wall and stopped. He says, we rare, we revved up the engines. We went full bore. And the tanks just roared. But the tracks didn't move. And the clouds stayed there like this. He said, You're, you didn't read about that. And you'll never read about that. But he says, I can tell you this. Now, now, another interesting thing, many of these guides aren't Christians. They're historians. They're not Republicans. They're not Democrats. They're not independents. They're not Christians. They're historians. And they're reporting it historically. And they said... When the tanks couldn't go and when the hands stayed, they turned their tanks around. They surrendered and they went back to Egypt and Syria. <laughs> oh God, do not keep silent. Be not quiet. Oh God, be not still. See how your enemies are astir. How your foes rear their heads. With cunning they conspire against your people. They plot against your cherish. Come, they say, let us destroy them as a nation, that the name of Israel be remembered no more. I got good news for you. Israel will never be defeated by Iran. They can have all the missiles they want. Now, God may very well have ballistic missiles that will be defensive, but I'll tell you this, Israel will never be defeated. Why? Because that hand that was in the cloud is still in the heavens. Now, why am I sharing this with you? As a historian? No, as a man of God that wants to tell you the blessings that come with supporting israel every nation every nation that has turned from israel is cursed every nation that blesses israel is blessed and there's one leading nation that today supports israel and that's the united states of america Now remember, your political hats are under your chairs. Can you all say, yeah, my hat's under my chair. This past year, you should sweat blood in fear. Because for the first time as a nation, we turned our backs on Israel. And we ceased at the United Nations. We abstained when the vote came We turned our backs on Israel for the first time. You should sit in your seats right now and go, oh God, forgive us. Oh God, forgive us as a nation. Forgive us as a church that doesn't have the power to be exercised. We got the power, we just don't exercise it to support Israel. You see, history should put enough sense in the enemy to realize they're fighting a lost cause. It will never be defeated. The Roman Empire, the strongest empire in the history of the world, tried to take the king of Israel. And when they killed him, they said, that's it, we we fulfilled it. We could read Psalms again and say, we... we killed him so we killed the the nation they're without a king they just didn't know the bible well enough that on the third day he was going to rise again and when he came back again it, it was like japan when they bombed pearl harbor and the general said i'm afraid that we have woken a sleeping giant well i got news for you the devil said Oh my gosh, we've done more than wake up a sleeping giant. We woke up the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. And there's a nation now that's stronger than ever because that king, that prince has come back with the anointing to put the world on this earth in place in order. Everything, listen folks, everything about this world is connected to Israel. All of your roots go to Israel. In Isaiah, 41st verse, all, verse 11, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I'll help you. Do not be afraid, O worm Jacob, O little Israel, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord. <laughs> little old worm Jacob, <laughs> he's not a respecter of people. He realized that Jacob was just a man. He called him, little worm Jacob? He looked at Israel and said, little Israel? Tiny little Israel? I've chosen you, so don't worry. I will keep you protected. And then we turn over to Ephesians. Ephesians 3. For this reason... I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Oh now we're now we're going home. Remember, your hats are under your chairs. Now we're just talking about Gentiles and Israelites. How many of you in here are Gentiles? Oh, then we have an audience that will listen. For this reason, I Paul, the prisoners. The prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was made known to men in other which was. Uh, Not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Catch it now. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and share together in one promise Jesus Christ. Now things change because now God says, I not only have a nation with people, I now have a world with people. I've got the Gentiles. Gentiles, I've merged you together with my children in Israel. And all the more now you Gentiles praise me for Israel. All the Gentiles praise me. Church, Republicans' hats are under your chairs, Democrats' your hats are under your chairs, Independents' hats are under your chairs. Theologians and historians have come out now and said, the only reason this man won the election is because he embraced Israel. That our nation... Was ready to fall. And God was going to give us one more chance as a nation, the United States of America, that if we will turn and repent and turn back to Israel and embrace Israel. And the greatest thing that this president said is that I'll embrace Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu, I'll embrace him. And he embraced him immediately after he was elected. And they come together now and they've said, We're going to work together like never before, we're going to support you like never before. And, now catch this. You'll not read this in the press. My pastor is one of the advisors of President Trump. So I get to hear some stuff. And our pastor repented for the nation turning in the United Nations against Israel. Now, does that get God's ear? And I'm telling you, people, Now, as a nation, we've repented and we've come back to Israel. You're going to see the United States doing things with Israel we haven't done for years. The Bush administration didn't do it for years prior to that. The Eisenhower administration, a little weak. The Bush administration, weaker. The Obama administration, weaker. Weaker. And all of a sudden it came to the place where we finally became so weak we turned our back on Israel and we did not vote for them for the first time in the United Nations. Now our ambassador to the United Nations has come out and said, our president has given me instructions that if you don't turn around and support Israel, we will pull our support from the United Nations and we will stop being a part of the United Nations. I say praise God. Praise God. Not a Republican. He could have been an independent. It could have been a lady. It could have been anybody that would have said, God, forgive us for turning against your people. Egypt, if they're smart, they're going to get on their knees. and say, Oh, God, forgive us for trying to destroy Israel. Syria would be smart to get on their knees. Oh, God, forgive us for trying to support Israel. Oh, God, forgive us. Repent and turn. Now, what, what am I saying this for you as a church? You need to pray for Israel. As a church, you need to pray for Israel. As a church, you need to pray for Jerusalem. Why? Because it's God's. You want to pray God's heart in? Pray for his nation. I tell you, for years and years, I've asked God, God, I want to pray where your heart is. I don't want to pray something for me that you're not in. God, where you are is where I want to be. I want to hold on to you, and where you go, I want to go. I do not want to go into ministry just because I'm a religious fruitcake that wants to do something for you, but you're not in it. Guaranteed this. Guaranteed 100%. When you pray for Israel, you're praying God's heart. And when you pray for Jerusalem, you're praying God's heart. Because, folks, it will never end. And when that day comes and the trumpet sound calls, Guess where we're all going to be showing up? Not in Washington, D.C. The mount's going to split as Jesus comes down. It's going to split one to the other. And his throne is going to come down. The dead in Christ will be raised first. And there's going to be glory beyond anything you can imagine in Israel. Now, church, as a church, we pray for Israel. But I want to take it one step further. As a family, pray for Israel. Don't just let the church do it for you. Don't say, i go to Christ Center. Christ Center prays for Israel. That's good enough for me. No, 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 no. Christ Center can get, United States of America now can get blessed. You watch. United States of America now will start getting blessed again like it hasn't for generations, Maybe. My pastor said, "You can't believe the prayer meetings we're having in the White House." He said, "You didn't see—you see. folks probably didn't see—when Gorsuch was elected, as uh, nominated and brought in the Supreme Court." He said, "You know what happened afterwards? We had a prayer circle in the White House, and we're glorifying God for the future of this nation with this man—not a Democrat, not a Republican, no, 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 not an independent." but this man that wants to go back to the Declaration of Independence and stay with the Constitution of the United States and, and, now catch it, and honor Israel. So United States of America is on the right track. What about Christ Center? I know you're praying for Israel. I know you're praying for Jerusalem. I know that. I, I, hear, I know what you're doing, by the way. I not only hear it from the pastor, I hear it from a lot of you. When it's good, I hear it. When it's bad, I hear it more. <laughs> I, I, I'm up on it, folks. Believe me, I'm up on it. I know you're praying for Israel. I know you're praying for Jerusalem. But this I don't know. Are you families praying for Jerusalem? Are you families praying for Israel? Then as a family you're praying, don't let the kids say, well, mom and dad prays for Israel. Mom and dad prays for Jerusalem. That's fine with me. Do you want the blessing? What, what's your name? Timothy, Timothy, do you want the blessing? You want God to bless you? You want him to bless you and your grades and your friends? Then don't just let mom pray for Israel. You pray for Israel. You pray for Jerusalem. You say, God, bless, bless Israel, bless Jerusalem, and you're going to pray God's heart. And when you pray God's heart, guess what he's going to do? He's going to look down on you, Timothy, and he says, Timothy, I really appreciate you praying my heart. By the way, you got a little problem in math? I'm going to take care of that test for you. I'm going to ace that test for you. <laughs> See, Timothy, if God can take his hand against Egypt and Israel and say, stop, he can certainly say to the, to the teacher, you give him an A. <laughs> That's the kind of God I serve. But I want to be on God's team is what I'm saying. I want to be on God's team. I want to serve him. I want to bless him, but I want to be where his heart is. Now, I want you to catch this last thing, and then we're going to end. I've studied the Garden of Gethsemane. I've, I know I've raised, I've been raised on. I know about Jesus leaving Jerusalem. I know when he when he walked across the street. You leave Jerusalem, you just walk across the street, and you go into. Gethsemane. And you know what Gethsemane means? It means an olive press. It means an olive press. Read it for yourself. Google it. It means an olive press. And so everything that God has done, there's a purpose behind it. Everything. You're here because you have a barcode. You have identity and God knows you you're a purpose you're not a thing that just simply happened by coincidence you are sitting here today with purpose so God Jesus all of a sudden comes every second of his life was designed by God in the beginning every purpose I'm going to give you one I'm going to show you one for an example. So he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane. And you know the story. He says, would you come with me and tarry with me while I go over and pray? Comes back and finds him asleep. Wakes him up and says, hey, can't you tarry with me? I'm going to go over and pray. Now catch this. This is really significant. When you press the olives, there's three Processes in pressing the olives. The first press is very, very gentle and tender with the first stone, and it barely moves, barely touches the outer skin. And as it squishes the olive very, very gently, out the bottom runs what we call virgin olive oil. And the virgin olive oil was put into this container, only used for the anointing. Of kings and royalty. So here is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the olive press, and there is a significant example of olive oil, virgin oil in the barrel only being used to anoint the king and the royalty. The second process is it goes into a harder press. Once that first is done, then they take the... the, All these are in the same container, big basin rock hewn out, and then they take the next layer of flat rock and lay it on top and then screw down the top, and then it starts rotating again. Now it's heavier. And as it squishes down, out comes the next layer of oil, which is used for medicinal reasons, for healing. And that oil, then, is set aside for medicine. Jesus is your anointed king. Jesus is your healer. Amen. And then the third and final is that they, they bring the larger stone, the final stone, they undo the top, they take it off, they put the larger stone on, they screw it down, and they start rotating again, and that crushes the olive pit, and the olive oil that still remains comes out. The olive oil then that comes out is used for light, lighting your wicks, and the rest is for cleansing. Jesus is the anointer. Jesus is the, what's the third one? Healer. Jesus is the light and healer cleansing. He cleanses you from all your sins. He's the light of the world. He's the anointer. He's your healer. All of that was done and nobody knew it but God and Jesus. You see how significant you are? Everything is planned of God. Everything has a destiny. I preached this this years ago. Herb Christensen's in the audience. Herb came to my office that following Monday. He sat in my office and he said, Pastor, do you really believe that God could use a guy like me? I've lived most of my life You know my problems. And you said I have a destiny and I can put a mark on the face of the earth because our God has us absolutely in his sight the same way he has us in in his sight for Israel. We're his chosen. And if we're his chosen, we have the same benefits that Israel has because God's heart's for you as it is for Israel. Now, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, Herb, uh, you're not, I'm not telling you John Bowers says this. I'm saying God in his word says this. You are designed by a creator that wants to bless you. So how are you going to leave your mark on the face of the earth? I'm not saying you all have to be an evangelist. You all have to be a pastor. What what are you going to do to leave a mark on the earth? Well, I I left a mark on the earth in San Diego one day. I was at Sea Life Park. I'm walking out of Sea Life Park, and there's a big long line, and they stamp your hand. They stamp your hand, you can come back in. They don't stamp your hand, that means you're not coming back into the park. And Shamu the whale was dressed up in a whale with these little flippers. And he's got his little stamp with these little flippers. He's got the Shamu hat on, and he's a whale. And I walked up to him, and I said, hi, Shamu. And he says, hi there, how are you? Are you coming or going? I says, I'm going. Okay, then you don't need to be stamped. I said, are you coming or going, Shamu? What? I said, are you going to heaven or going to hell? Coming or going? Where are you going? How are you going to get stamped? Are you stamped, Shamu? (laughs) You know what Shamu did? (laughs) I'm going, oh, my gosh, The line is backing up behind me. Lena Gay's with me. Bless her heart. Line's backing up, backing up, backing up. He says, I don't know who you are. He said, but I don't know what's happening to me. I'm afraid to die, and I know I'm going to hell. I'm a terrible person, and I I just said this week, God, I don't even know you, but Would you send somebody to tell me how to get saved? Because I'm lost. I'm going to hell. I don't know. I've got to. (laughs) Shamu. So I said, okay, now you listen to me, Shamu. I I, should have got his name. This I know, Shamu saves. There's going to be a little whale in heaven. So, you know, he's in his suit, so I take his little flippers. I take his little flippers, and I said, okay, pray this prayer. And he said, what prayer? I said, pray the prayer I'm going to tell you. Everything is so quiet behind me, you can't believe it. Because when God points his finger on Israel, the nations and the world stand still. When God points his finger down upon you because you're getting ready to leave a mark on the earth, the world stands still. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, the world stops and stands still. And it was quiet. And he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. And when he finished praying for me, he took his little bitty flippers and he hugged me. (laughs) I'll never forget it. Maybe that's the mark that you can leave. Maybe the mark is... The waitress that's been serving you coffee for all these years just needs to have a little touch of God. And you're going to leave your mark there, not only on that restaurant, but she is going to transfer from the earth to heaven because now she's got her ticket. I don't know what it is, but I know this. Whether you think it's significant or insignificant, you are destined to glory and you're destined to leave your mark on the face of the earth because the God that serves Israel is the God that created you. Now, I want to tell you one more thing and catch this. I know this might be hard for some of you to believe. God's more concerned about you as a people than he is nation, Israel as a nation. God can't eat the dirt, but God can love you, and he wants you to love him. Israel, see, it's just a piece of dirt. It's the people that God loves. So when you think about Israel, he's got a people. So Herb said, I, I want to leave my mark. I said, well, are you hearing God? He says, yes, I am, but it's crazy. I says, well, great, join the club. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? He said, I'm supposed to go to Russia. Long story short, he not only went to Russia, he went to Russia for 20-some t- meetings, some trips and more, led the general, opened up the prisons in, 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 uh, in Russia and left his mark. And it's heaven today, and I'll guarantee you this, according to the word of God, God knew him when he had him born, he knew him when he was in Russia, and he certainly knows him in heaven. You need to realize today, You have a destiny. You have a calling. God is specifically, just like the Gethsemane Olive Press, he knows exactly what he's doing. He hasn't made a mistake. None of you are a mistake. Every one of you is filled with God's glory, and you're going to be the ones that will fill up not only this house, this temple called Christ Center, you're going to fill up the kingdom of heaven with his glory. We want to ask the prayer servant team to come. If you need prayer today, I want you to get it. But I want to invite you to not only get prayer when everything's going wrong, but get prayer when everything's going right. Because God is a God of multiplication, and you are all in full-time ministry. And you know what? You need prayer, and you need encouragement, and you need fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit to be continually filled as you continue to make your mark. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you shalom. God bless you guys.